Hey everyone, welcome back to the With Love by Diamond podcast. My name is Diamond and I'm your host. And in today's episode, I'm actually going to be kicking off a series and it is a series that I've titled Woman After God's Own Heart series. Today is going to be part one over, I think like a three or four part series. And um, today's just going to be an introductory episode, just kind of talking about my heart behind it. We're going to dive into some scripture. We're going to be diving into scripture this whole series. And I'm really, really excited about it. I woke up excited about it today, um, my day of filming for this episode. I'm just really, really excited about it. So I guess I'll just start by kind of my heart behind this series and kind of what I hope um, to, I don't know if I hope to accomplish, but I hope that you all would experience that we can experience it together. Um, so the series is titled A Woman After God's Own Heart, and it comes from scripture where the Lord um, says that David was a man after God's own heart. And so we're going to talk about David in a little bit, but my heart for this series was I just think right now in society, there is just this overwhelming um, kind of these overwhelming trends and things that are being placed on women. Actually, like women are actually placing on women and um, just like societal things and um, all of that kind of stuff. And it's actually not pushing women forward. I don't think like I think it's actually doing more harm than it is doing good. So one of those things um, that I feel like we've seen in different years and different decades and stuff um, is women and their sexuality. And I wrote about this in my last blog post. I'll make sure to link it below. Um, but um, the the topics of women and their sexuality, what we're seeing is we're telling women to embrace their sexuality, but in a perverted way, if that makes sense. So like we're saying, you know, society is saying to, you can dress the way you want, you can be with whoever you want, you can do X, Y, and Z with your body. Um, you can give it away to whoever, you know, like those, they're pushing out that and they're thinking that that's actually embracing their sexuality, which I think it's the opposite. Like it's doing more harm than good to your sexuality to say like, yep, I can give it to whoever I want, like my body, like I can, I own, I own my body, right? We're telling women that they own their own bodies, which is so contrary to scripture. Like our bodies are not our own, like they are temples of the Holy Spirit. And I do believe that we can embrace our sexuality in a healthy way. Um, so I'll have to talk about that, like I said, maybe in another series sometimes, sometime next year, but there's that push for us to embrace our sexuality, but it's actually perverted. Um, there's this also, there's these trends that are kind of happening right now, like soft girl era, hot girl era, um, vulnerable girl era, holy girl era, like all these different things that are actually women led. Um, and we're saying, okay, like you're going to be in your holy girl era. You're going to be in your soft girl era. You're going to be this, this, that. And it's like, I'm not trying to like hate on what the intention behind these things are. Cause I do believe the intention is good and it is to like push women, you know, forward in a healthy way. But what it instead is doing, it is creating for women to be in a box. So if we're trying to catch on to this whole, let's say, 
I've seen this a lot like in Christian spaces, like this holy girl era, we're now following by these rules that whoever set this holy girl era to be. So if they're saying you read your Bible first thing when you wake up in the morning, you, um, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, but they're giving you these prescriptive things to do in order to be considered a holy girl. You know what I mean? Like that's not, so if I don't read my Bible, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning that automatically eliminates me from quote unquote being a holy girl, or if like these soft girl eras, if I'm saying if, or what the trend is saying to be a soft girl is maybe, um, I don't know, like not working a nine to five, but I have to work a nine to five. Does that mean that I'm not like a soft girl? Like, you know, there's all these different things that we as women are placing onto other women in society. And it's like really the, who we should want to be is to be a woman of God, like period. Like that's, that is it. That is who we should want to be in every season and in every stage of our life. And being a woman of God, like it is, it's clear in scripture who a woman of God is and who a woman of God is not. And these prescriptive things, prescriptive things that society is pushing out aren't, um, that's not pushing us forward to being a woman of God. We are now boxed into these prescriptive set of rules that society has placed on us. And we think that is possibly being a woman of God. To me, being a woman of God is following God closely, like to have a heart for God is to be a woman of God, like to number one, to be saved, to have a heart for God and to have a heart for what he has called you to be and who he has called you to be encompasses your character, your personality, your drive, the things that you are passionate for. And so sometimes those things are not going to fit into these societal um, errors. You may have a personality that is more, um, let's say, more quote unquote, like bold, like you just may be very bold personality. And those are things that like God's given to you, but it may not be, it may not prescriptively fit into this quote unquote, holy girl, right era, or this soft girl era, or like all these different things that society is putting into us. For us as women of God, we should try to strive. If you are a woman of God, you should try to strive to be all of who God has created you to be in every season of your life. Not in one season, I'm going to be a holy girl. Not in another season, I'm going to be a soft girl. Not in another season, I'm going to be a hot girl, city girl, whatever. Not in one season, I'm going to be a feminist. In another season, I'm going to be um, a sexual prowess goddess. Like, no, like, no. Like, we should always try to strive to be the woman that God created us to be. And as women, as people, we are all built so differently. And that is, and that is God's design. Like he's given us character traits and personalities and all these things to accomplish his will. Like there are things that he's put in on the inside of us to, um, to accomplish the things that he's called us to do. So, the woman to the right of you, she may have a different personality, but that fits her call, right? She may be more um, quiet. She may be more um, sensitive. She may be more um, 
yeah, she's maybe more quiet, more sensitive, more introverted, but there's a call on her life where you may be more loud, loud. And I'm putting that in like quotations. I'm not saying like loud as in like aggressive. I'm saying like as in loud, like it's in like speech and voice. You may be more loud. You may be more extroverted, more outgoing. You may be um, a social butterfly, but there's a call and a purpose for that very thing. And you and you operating in the very gifts that God has given you is being a woman of God. Like we're not trying to fit what society is saying. We're trying to fit who God's created us to be. And that's to be a woman after God's own heart. It's to be a people after God's own heart and to love God and to pursue him wholly and joyfully and to be excited about the things that he is doing in women, like in the generation of women that he's raising up. Like there is, I believe, going to be a move of God that is going to be led by women impacting other women, like to so many of so many women hurt women and they leave damage um along the way and so i believe that there's going to be a reversal of that women are going to be able to pour into women older women being able to pour into younger women younger women be able to you know tell older women what's going on and how they can be prayed for and how mentorship and all that kind of stuff like that's to be a woman of God. That's to be a woman after God's own heart. And I'm not saying that there aren't going to be mistakes that are made. And because we are built differently and our personalities are different, like we just need to rest in that. Like let's, let us rest in who we are and who our personalities and let's not let society tell us, oh, you need to be in this era. I'm going to be in this era. I'm going to be this kind of girl. I'm going to be, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, yeah. Let's let's put that to the side and be all the women that God has created us to be in every single um, aspect. So that is really kind of um, my heart behind it. It's to find women in the Bible that we can relate to. Number one, the Bible, everything that we have in our Bibles, like uh, for life lessons and experiences and to experience God and to see his character see his work. The Bible is for teaching, correcting, um, all of that kind of stuff. There are people in the Bible, not characters. There are people in the Bible who we can relate to. Um, and I'm not just saying that there are just women that we can relate to in the Bible. There are, you know, men in the Bible that we can relate to and people that we should, um, you know, model maybe in terms of like their, uh, love for God or their passion for God and those sorts of things. Um, it's not specifically gender specific, but this series we are just going to be talking about women of the Bible. Um, and so I'm really excited about it because there are women in the Bible who are like us today, like going through the same things that we're going through today, who have an eagerness and a heart to do what is right, to know God well, to experience God and the same way that you have that desire, the same way these women in the Bible have had that desire um, as well. So I'm really excited for it. Um, also, kind of funny uh, about this whole series, if you guys listened to my last podcast episode, I kind of talked about, I went through my journal entries and I had talked about, like, I felt like God was calling me into 
you know, different spaces into writing and um, all that kind of stuff. So there was a season when I was in college, actually, where I would go on these um, these dates with God and I would just like listen to worship music and I would just write. Like I just started writing kind of whatever, you know, God was showing me in the scripture, whatever. And so I had written kind of like devotional type content about a woman after God's own heart. So as we're going through the series, if you are interested, I can maybe create a PDF version of the devotional for free. Um, that way we can go through it together that way. Um, or maybe I'll just release it on my blog, uh, do like blog posts for it. I'm not hundred percent sure. Let me know what you guys think about it. But I did do written, a uh, woman after God's own heart, devotional type writing content, whatever you want to call it, um, several years ago and see, it's just coming back up, it's coming back up again. So God is so good. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and dive in. So like I said, um, woman after God's own heart, the God's own heart piece we're taking from David. That is what God called David, that he was a man after God's own heart. And one thing about David that we should know is that he was an, Im, he was an imperfect person. He was an imperfect man, like just so imperfect, like he was a murderer. He was an adulteress. He ran away from, um, you know, his people. He was just not like a typical quote unquote, um, if we want to use today's terms, quote unquote, like Christian, he was just not, he was so imperfect, but in our imperfectness and our weakness, God is strong. So, um, but yeah, David was just not, he was just not it. Like when, Sometimes when I read about David in the Bible, I'm just like, this man is just so just, just why? Like, why is he doing the things that he is doing? But at the root of who he was, at the root of his character, at the root of his heart, he loved God. Like at the root of it all, like in, in his mistakes, in his messiness, he loved God and he, and he aimed to please God. God and God saw that God saw his heart from the very beginning when he when he appointed David as king. So that is what we're going to read um today so just to kind of give a little bit of backstory. So before there was King David, there was Saul. So Saul was in a position of power. The people of Israel, they were um really wanting a leader, like a king to be in place. Um, to rule them. They just didn't feel like they could, you know, be ruled by the judges of the land anymore, or like they just didn't want to heed to what God had planned for them. And so God was like, okay, and I'm just paraphrasing it. Please go read uh, the Bible for yourself. I'll make sure to link the scriptures that I'm referencing today. But the Lord was then like, okay, like these people, they're just grumbling. They're not listening to me. Okay. So then he um, appointed a prophet, Samuel, Samuel then appointed Saul as king to rule, but then Saul, King Saul in the Bible, he was just being really disobedient. Like Samuel would go to him and give him prophetic words and tell him what to do, like what the Lord was speaking to Samuel about to tell Saul, King Saul about. And um, 
Saul was just being really disobedient until the Lord was like, this is it. Like we're done with King Saul. Like it's time to appoint a new king. And so the Lord leads the prophet Samuel to David, to his father's home, actually. And so that is where we are picking up in the story. So we are going to read 1 Samuel 16. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. I'm reading from the NLT version. Again, I'll make sure to link every all the scriptures that I'm reading down below. As I always say, it's so important that we read scripture and we understand scripture for ourselves. Have you ever experienced maybe like where you see a scripture come up like on your screen, like you're scrolling on Pinterest or something and you see it, but then you crack open your own Bible or you open your Bible up and you read it for yourself. Like you're, you're diving deeper into scripture. You're not just listening to the sermon. You're not just listening to me or other um, podcasters or whoever you listen to, or you're scrolling on Instagram, whatever. Um, you're going beyond that when you um, open up the scripture for yourself. So make sure to read the scripture for yourself. If you want to follow along while I'm reading, please do. So again, I'm reading from 1 Samuel 16. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one of took one look at El Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. This was one of Jesse's sons. Um, verse seven, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, ooh, I don't want to butcher the name. Y'all, some of these biblical names I should have uh, learned the pronunciation for before I started reading. Took Then Jesse told his son, Abadab, to step forward. Y'all, I'm sorry, forgive me for butchering to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned one of his other sons, but Samuel said, neither is this one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he, but he is out in the fields watching sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down and eat until he until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned. So... Um, we see here that 
Samuel the prophet is going and is trying to find a new king. The Lord has rejected Saul. Saul is no longer going to be king. Um, and so the Lord is looking to raise up someone new. And so he sends Samuel to Jesse and his sons. Um, Jesse is presenting all of his sons. And the Lord is like, nope, 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 nope. And Samuel in his mind is like, these men, they look fine. Like they look great. They, they look perfect. Right. And, um, the Lord says to him, like, you are not seeing things the way that I see them. The Lord judges by, judges by the heart. We judge as people by our appearance. And one thing that I find so interesting in reading this, because then it goes on to say when David does come, they express in the Bible how handsome he is. Um, he is, it says here, he's dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. So it shows that he's a handsome person, but with the Lord, the Lord is like great, cool, but I'm also looking at the person's heart posture um, as well. And so I think that's important to note um, when we are talking about being women after God's own heart, like, yes, we can put on our best selves and we can look great. We can put on our makeup. We can do our hair, all that kind of stuff. But what is heart? What's the, what's the posture of our heart? Um, that just makes me kind of think like, have you ever kind of, um, you see someone who looks really good, um, whoever, male or female, you see them, they look, they look really put together. Um, but as soon as they open their mouths or as soon as you're around them long enough, you're like, Ooh, like they just have a horrible attitude. They're rude to people. Like they look like they have it all together on the outside. They have all the accolades. They have the money. They look good. They smell good. They have a good car, the good clothes. They are financially stable. They have all the things, right? But their heart is something so contrary to kind of what they're displaying on the outside. And so for us as women, and I'm not saying to not keep ourselves up and not to, you know, not to do the things, but I think if that's the only thing that we're ever going to be focused on and we're not focused on the inner work, the soul work, the heart, the heart posture that we have, our heart for people, our heart for God, if we're not going to be focused on that, then the outward stuff, it actually doesn't matter, especially in the kingdom. Like, oh, God is not going to matter. Like when God is sending you out to people, you have to have a heart for them, right? Like you, if let's say you're an educator, um, you work in the school system and you don't have a heart for your students, it's not going to matter. Like how much you teach them, how much you um, you know, try to, you know, lesson plan for them. It's not going to matter if your heart doesn't, um, yearn for their, for their learning. If you don't have a passion for them in the same way that we, as women, as people in the kingdom, it's not going to matter how much we have, or let's say we're going out serving, um, to, I don't know, on Skid Row, but our heart is not for the people of Skid Row. We don't have a heart for the homeless. It's actually not going to matter because us going out there, it's not going to matter if our heart is not for them, if our heart is not for the people of God. We need to have a heart. Our heart needs to match our actions. 
like truly match our actions. Um, I know there was a a time just um, I serve in ministry and I was kind of at my church and I was getting really kind of like frustrated by some things that were happening. And my mom had to kind of have a conversation with me, like either you're doing this or you're not like what kind of like, where's your heart at? Like you need to reflect on that because if your heart is not going to be for God's people, if you're always going to be, if your your frustration or your, um, your frustration or your lack of like care in this moment is going to overtake what God has already tried to do, like with your heart, like it's going to overtake your passion. So you need to kind of figure out if you're going to continue to do this or not, because your heart, right? Our heart, we have to have a heart posture for God's people out of, um, out of the heart flows everything. And so if, we're not having a passion for God's people. If we're not having a passion to be women of God, our heart, like it's just going to overflow from our heart. If you've ever seen people who will, you know, claim to be believers and to claim to be Christians. And I'm not saying this is, I'm not talking about like the one-off like mistakes that we make or like we're all people, we all fall short of God's glory, but there's these then kind of like extreme, um, sort of cases where, you know, people will say like they're believers or they're Christians or whatever. Um, but then their heart, like literally like on a daily basis, on a daily, I'm not talking about like the little one-off sort of situations, but like on a daily basis, their actions, the things that they're doing, the things that they're saying are so contrary to, um, to the inner work that should be going on. Like they are, they look so much like the world. They, they're they just mean people, rude people, but yet they want to claim that they are Christians, yet they want to claim that they are believers. And, but we have to look at what's going on, on in our heart, the inner work, what, you know, you know, what is on our heart. God will, God will get out of the way if we are placing idols or things or money or status or societal things if people, even if we are placing that on our heart and on the throne, um, God will get out of the way. Like we cannot serve two, two masters. We cannot serve the world and serve God. We cannot have idols and have God. We cannot have um, all these other things and have God. Like God has to be on the throne of our heart. And so when, um, and for Samuel, when, God is saying, like, I'm not looking at the outward. I'm looking at what's going on on the inside of David. Like, yes, all of Jesse's sons, they look good. They could definitely be king. Great. But I'm looking at what's going on in their heart. Like, are they serving me? Um, and so that is what, what, as women of God, like, that's what we should be focused on is our heart. And like I said before, I'm not saying that we can't look good that we can't make sure that we we feel good, that we dress well, that we, you know, have ourselves together, that we wear the clothes that we feel comfortable in and that we like and that we get our hair done and all that kind of stuff. But none of that's going to matter if our heart is not for God. It's just not going to matter. Like, you can do all the things, but if you, if you don't have a heart posture for God, it does not matter. It just does not does not matter if we are not 
if our heart is not yearning to please God, if our heart is not yearning to um, do the things that God has called us to do, none of the accolades, none of the outward things, none of our workouts, none of the nails that we get done, the hair, our wardrobe, none of it matters because our heart is not even in the right place. We don't have a heart for God's kingdom. We don't have a heart for God. We are not women who are eager to please the father. Like it just, it doesn't matter. So we definitely want to do a heart check um, to see where our heart is. Like, is our heart to please God or is our heart to please the world? Is our heart to, um, you know, and, and in doing that, like, Sometimes we have a heart to please God and we still can, we still make mistakes. Like David is a perfect example of that. Like he had a heart for God. Like he was a man after God's own heart, but he still failed. Like, and our failures do not trump God's plan for our life. God was still able to use David. Um, He, there's a whole book, you know, whole Psalms of just, David lamenting and praying and praising and all the, all the things God was still able to use David despite his mistakes, despite his failures, because at the root of who David was, at the root of who David was, at the root of David's character, he was a man after God's own heart, like period. That was, that was it. That's who David was. That was his, his foundation was God. His foundation was God. And so that's where our foundation needs to stand. Our foundation needs to be on God, not on these prescriptive societal things or these trends that are being placed on women. Like that is not who we need to strive to be. We need to strive to be the people after God's own heart. We need to be the people who, we need to be the women who are pouring into other women, are pouring into people, are pouring, you know, are serving or doing the things we can still, you know, do it well, we can still do it cute, whatever. But we have to have a heart for what God is doing. We have to have a heart for God's people. We have to have a we have to have a love for God. And also recognize that even in our mistakes, even in our messiness, that God still loves us and God will turn it around as long as our heart is in the right place. God will not will not force your hand. God will not force your heart. He will not force your heart to be in alignment with him. He just won't force it. And so like, that's just straight up fact. Like that's just, that's in the Bible. Like God is not, God is not going to force you to want to serve him. He is not. And as women, as people, I'm talking to women more specifically because it's a women after on heart series. But as a woman, like we have the opportunity and the power to serve God. Like women, we are we are important parts of the body of Christ of church. We are all important members of God's church. We are all important members of God's body and what He is doing in the kingdom. And there are women in the Bible who, like us, who have been eager for God, but maybe have gotten it wrong. You know. There are women in the Bible who have desired to, to know God more, 
like for the instance, we're gonna go over um, Mary and Martha. And we have one sister gleaning at the feet of Jesus, just sitting there listening. And then we have, you know, Martha running around, still trying to please God. But she's running around trying to get things prepared for him, trying to get him food or, you know, trying to make her house, you know, welcoming for him. She's busy trying to do life while her sister is just sitting at God's feet. So like even Martha, she was eager for God. She had, she was a woman after God's own heart, but she just, she was so focused on busying herself and doing all the things that she didn't take time to actually sit and listen to what he was saying. She didn't get, she didn't take time to rest at his feet. So yeah, I mean, we just, Again, this is not just specifically, this is everyone can learn from this, men and women, but because the series is just focused on women, I'm just going to be talking to women, just having girl chat. Um, But yeah, I just, what does it look like for us to be women after God's own heart, to be women that are eager for God in today's society? Like we are meant to be set apart if we look so much like the world or we look so much like our so much like women that are in the world, how can we be set apart? Like our hearts are also setting us apart. Our heart for God should be setting us apart from the world. We should be women who are set apart. Like we are not meant to be conformed to the ways of the world, but we are meant to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so in the renewing of our mind, that's when after salvation happens, everything should be renewed. Our hearts should be renewed. Our minds should be renewed. Um, our desires, our passions, all of us should be renewed at the point of salvation. And so, yeah, big one on the heart because out of the heart, everything flows. Um, and that's, if you've ever been like really angry <laughs> with someone and maybe you say something or your actions, you know, just don't really align, you know, with all of who you are. And you're kind of like, why would I do that? Like, why did I say that? Check your heart. Like there have been so many times where I've been angry or frustrated and my actions let it be known. And I'm like, that's just not even like who I really am. (laughs) Like, I don't really act like that. Do I? And I had to check my heart. Like, my heart was just not in a good place or it was full of anger or, you know, all of it. Like our hearts, a lot of power is in our hearts. We, there's a lot of power in our heart. There's a lot of power in our heart posture and kind of the things that we place on our hearts, the people, um, the jobs, situations, um, idols, money. We should check our hearts often to see kind of like, Lord, is there anything on my heart that I let rest on my heart that is taking your place? And be open to what God reveals to you because he'll reveal some things. Like there are moments and I've talked about my desire to be, you know, in a relationship and one of my previous episodes, or there was a season where I kind of let that desire kind of be idle. And so that would be all I would be thinking about, all that I would be praying about, all, you know, I would talk to God about all that I would talk to my friends about, whatever. So it became idle. And so that thing rested on my heart. So the desire to be in a relationship, it actually rested on my heart instead of letting God rest on my heart. And so we have to cast those things down 
look at our hearts, see what's on our hearts, see what's taking its place. Because if we want to be women after God's own heart, we shouldn't have anything on our hearts that, that is above God. Like there are going to be things that are going to be on our hearts to do, like our passions, our love um, for people, our families. Like we should have a heart for them. We should have a love for them and love for the things that God has placed on our lives and all of that. But if those things come above God, if those things rest on our hearts above him, if God is not the, the authority of our hearts, then those things have, you know, turned into, turned into idols. And I feel like as women, I think this is a, a huge kind of women issue is that we, we love to do things, right? We love to, to help. We love to give. We, we tend to give a lot. Women tend to give a lot, um, to the people around them. We tend to, we tend to busy ourselves with the day-to-day in life and trying to get everything done. Um, you know, I'm not a mom, but I know there are moms who try to get everything done for their kids and trying to be here and there and, um, and all that. And those are, as women, like those are great things, like to, to want to do, to please people, to help people and all that kind of stuff. But so often we do it and we don't even realize like, we're not even taking God along with, you know, what, what we do or kind of our day-to-day, our mundane. Um, and so those things tend to, those are the busyness of our, the busyness of our lives tends to overtake, um, so sometimes just just as an example, so sometimes we do things, we're doing things to try to please God, kind of like in the Mary Martha story. She was, Martha was doing things to try to please God, but instead she was, kind of, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of how to say it. She wasn't outworking God, but she was trying to, um, she was working so hard. To try to make sure she was doing things right, that she was missing a moment. And women, I know, I know for sure, like in our careers, in our jobs, like women aren't always valued in the workplace. Um, there's plenty of studies about that, like pay discrepancies and all this kind of stuff. So as women, sometimes in the workplace, we're trying to prove, we're trying to constantly be in a proving place. And trying to prove our worth to people, to men, to society. We're constantly in a, in a place trying to prove. And at the heart of it, like, we're just trying to be seen, right? We're just trying to be heard. Our voices are just trying to be made known. So at the heart of it, it's not like at the root of it. I mean, it's like not a bad desire. But when we're doing that, we're missing a moment. Like we're missing God and kind of like what he wants to do through that because we're just so trying, we're just trying to prove, like trying to prove that, that we are important, trying to prove that we, that we have, that women can take up space too. Um, and I'm all for women taking up space. I'm all for it. Like I really am. I think as, but 
on the flip side, as people of God, we should be taking up space. As women of God, let us be taking up space. Let us be in positions of leadership. Let us, you know, as people of God, like we should be taking up space in boardrooms and in the corporate sectors and healthcare and education and whatever field of study you're in. If you, you know, or, you know, field of work you're in, we should be, as believers, we should be the people that are taking up space. We absolutely should be. Um, because in us taking up space, we are then giving room for God to work. We are then allowing for people to see God's glory revealed through us. Um, so yeah, I just, yeah, that's just kind of, I know as a woman myself, <laughs> um, who has been, has been known to try to to prove to people my worth or my value I I get it I completely understand like there as a woman as a black woman like I just there's this kind of like this overwhelming pressure to try to prove who you are when we're in the kingdom we actually don't need to be proving like we don't need to prove like victory is ours um, victory is ours. We don't need to try to prove who we are to society, who we are to the workplace, who we are to men. We don't have to continue to prove because we're already in the kingdom. Like we've already won. Like God already set a place for us. Like we don't, if it's yours, it's yours. You know, we don't need to prove it. So all that to say, I feel like I just kind of went on a tangent all that to say is I am really excited for this Woman After God's On Heart series. So we're going to be diving into some women of the Bible. I already mentioned that Mary and Martha will be one of them. That'll probably be next week's episode. So I'm excited for it. Um, like I said, I just feel like as women, we just need a, a, we need places for women. And I hope this series gives us a place and just to just to allow ourselves to be eager for God like it's okay like if we have a hunger and a thirst for God it is okay like we can it's okay to have that like some I think the church tends to put men up and there, you know, as body of believers, there's a place for each and every one of us. But I think the church tends to put a lot of emphasis on men, and they are, you know, heads of the household and leaders and all that kind of stuff. So there's a there's a high emphasis for making sure that they are eager for God. Um, and so sometimes women or women's ministries or different things like that can often get dismissed because they may not feel like there's like a like a point um, to to allow women to show their eagerness for God. Um, and so we can make women kind of small in the church, but women, like, it's okay. Like we can, God's called us to, we can have a heart for God. We can have love for God. We can have a thirst for him. Like, it's not just, you know, we stay in a, in a woman's place. Like we can, and by that, I mean, like there's these just kind of, um, Sometimes the things that the church has done or like society has done, we, we place women in these places and it's like, no, like we can, we can be eager. We can be hungry. We can have passion. We can have heart. We can have boldness. We can have drive. We have all of it. 
because that's who God created us to be like all of who God created us to be and we need to tap into that we need to step into that so I'm excited for the series um let me know if you're excited too um so next week we'll be back with part two of our series like I said I'll make sure to link um all the scriptures that I referenced today in the show notes if you would like to read um blog post or anything you can go to www.withlovebydiamond if you'd like to follow me on instagram it's at with love by diamond if you would like to watch the podcast on youtube it's with love by diamond podcast on youtube on spotify google podcast it's with love by diamond podcast so that's all that i have for you guys today so happy that you're here i'm happy to go through the scriptures together um learn from one another see what God's teaching us in the season and in this moment. And yeah, I'm just excited to see, you know, the generation of women that he is raising up, women who have have everything in the kingdom of God. We have a heart for God, we have a love for God, and we are pouring our lives out unto him. We have a passion, you know, we have a passion to pursue the call that God has for our lives. And so I'm excited. I'm so excited for that. Um, But yeah, that's all that I have for you guys today. So I will see you guys next time. Bye.